This is I Was an NEC Student Athlete 40th Anniversary Series celebrating the NEC's 40th birthday. We'll spend much of the academic year reconnecting with alumni from across all sports and all eras of the league's history. Joining us now is a FDU alumna, Denise Thompson. She is working in athletics. We'll get more into her career. We'll revisit her days at FDU as a track and field student athlete. But first, Denise, thank you for joining us for our special 40th anniversary series. Um, where are you now? Give us an update. Um, I know you graduated in 2007. It's 2020. What are you up to these days? Hi, Ralph. Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me. I am at the Big Sky Conference based out of Farmington, Utah, and I am the Assistant Commissioner for External Affairs and Communications right now. And what kind of work do you do uh, over at the Big Sky office uh, specifically? Oh, I do a lot in our business. As you know, we do one hat, two hats, we do plenty. Um, but currently right now, I'm in charge of overall communications, um, as well as doing our marketing specifically for our basketball tournament. Um, and then just overseeing our branding in different ways possible. I'm working primarily, though, on the communication side with our football programs, cross country and golfs. Now, you're from South Brunswick, New Jersey. You went to school at FDU. 13 years later, how did you wind up uh, out in Utah? Uh, kind of take us there. Uh, what's your journey been like so far from being a college athlete and now uh, to being the commissioner or assistant commissioner? Uh, gave Almost gave you a promotion there. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the assistant commissioner of the Big Sky for External Affairs. Yeah, well, you know, probably back as far as I can remember, I was always involved in some type of sports. You know, you know, when you're five, there weren't really, you know, track meets or things like that. But, you know, you were running around and doing things that they had opportunities wise. And I had actually began, you know, doing t-ball, baseball, softball back in the early, you know, 80s, 90s, you know, telling my age a little bit there, um, but still always trying to be involved in sports in some way. So as you mentioned, I went to South Brunswick High School. I had transferred there halfway through my freshman year. And so I had decided to compete on a track and field team because um, that is something that I had really wanted to do. And while I was at South Brunswick, I actually played basketball and track and field um, until my sophomore year. And then junior year, I decided full time that I was going to pursue indoor and outdoor track and kind of put my best foot forward because I was starting to realize where I was really good at and what sports I just was kind of having fun at, but probably wouldn't excel for the most. And so that's how I ended up at Fairleigh Dickinson University in Teaneck, New Jersey, about an hour up the road from South Brunswick. It was one of those things where it was far enough that your mom just won't pull up outside your dorm, but it was close enough for you to go home for a home cooked meal whenever you needed it. Right. So I think that that was, you know, that kind of distance for me was a great opportunity to do it as well as to be able to run track and field. And so actually my Middlesex County championships when I was in high school, we would actually run them at the Rothman Center on FDU's campus. So I had actually run on their track during my high school time. So I had, was familiar with the campus, familiar with the track and knew that they had a track team there. And so that kind of made it even more special to want to continue to pursue my college career there. 
So while I was at FDU, it was during my fall of my junior year where former athletic director, Mr. David Langford had actually pulled me aside. He'd been really good for me in my first couple of years there, always interested in, you know, me trying to pursue whatever I wanted to do. And he had actually said, Hey, Denise, what are you doing for your internship? And I said, Oh, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go work at the school newspaper. And he was like, Oh no, I think you should go upstairs and see Sarah and in sports information. And I was like, Oh, okay, no problem. So like the typical student athlete, I didn't. And two weeks later, he found me at the same stairwell and said, Hey, Denise, did you ever go see Sarah? And I said, uh, um, maybe, no, no, no. Um, and so very simply, I now walked up the stairs with him and kind of the rest is history. Uh, you know, I walked up there. Yeah, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds a lot like David Langford. Of course, he's since retired from FDU, but I do remember him and a track and field enthusiast, a former track and field coach. So no surprise that he's seeking out a track and field student athlete and then being persistent, persistent with you um, to finally get you upstairs into that sports information office. So you get up into the sports information office and I guess the rest they say is history, right? Uh, That gets you involved into the athletic communications realm. And uh, where did you go from there uh, post-graduation at FDU? Uh, after helping Sarah out in the in the communications office. Yeah, absolutely. So first, I want to say the unique part of me working my senior year was that I was able to work on my own track and field media guide. So for me, that was just something special and unique as a student athlete to be able to do some part of it, right, to help not only my fellow student athletes, but my track and field team and something personal to me. So after I had graduated with a degree in communications, I actually went to the University of Memphis for a postgrad internship where there I was the contact for um, soccer, women's soccer, as well as cross country and track and field, of course. Um, And I think that's just kind of, you know, what kind of pushed me forward there. I remember, you know, a story, Jen Rodriguez at the time was the head at the Memphis office. And she had told me that she was only one of seven females that was at an FBS school school, um, for, that was a football contact. And to me, that number was so low but that it always stuck with me that, you know, I, I want to make that number bigger. You know, to me, that was very small and I wanted to be a part of that. And my year at Memphis was great. They were number one in the nation in men's basketball at that time, you know, a tremendous run and state tournament. And I think for me, that just kind of continuously was like, this is what I want to do. I was able to work with, you know, Olympians there and everything. I was like, you know what? I think What I want to do is to continue this. And they gave me the backing to say, Denise, you know what? You don't need to go on to a GA position. You are ready for full-time. And from there, that's how I ended up at Texas State University for five years. And while I was there, I just knew I wanted more, Ralph. I had been working with these teams, working with these student athletes and these coaches, and the relationships that I was building with them to want to see them succeed, picturing myself when I was a student athlete, and really just being able to tell their stories. And I think that is what we do in the communications field. We tell stories, the stories that no one knows, right? Getting to know them behind the scenes. And I think that was really what took home for me and brought my passion out even more. So from there, I was able to go on to Northern Arizona University, where I became the assistant AD for athletic communications there. And I was able to run my own office for the first time. You know, once again, we go back to metrics and about, you know, the field is and what it looks like. At the time of my hire, I was the only African-American female 
you know, as an assistant AD in that position, you know, that was not in an HBCU. And for me, that was heartbreaking. You know, people were like, oh, great, you're breaking barriers. But at the same time, I was like, why? You know, at the time it was 2013. And I was like, this is great, but we need more. You know, we need more people to come through here. We need more people to want to give back to student athletes and just make it special. Uh, you know, so after four years, I will say that I was poached from Northern Arizona University. And that's how I ended up the big, at the Big Sky Conference, thanks to Andrea Williams, who's now at the college football playoff. You know, she saw something in me and gave me the opportunity to once again be the first African-American female here in this position at the conference level to be able to now expand my knowledge and to tell stories of not only student athletes from one school, but just like you, Ralph, in your position, to be able to tell stories of many sports and many student athletes across different cities and states, which I think is one of the best things that we can do in this business. So you've had somewhat of a long journey with different experiences and different stops. Um, and you kind of alluded to uh, the answer to my upcoming question here Sorry. Um, previously, but um, why do you do what you do? Why have you moved across the country and taken chances in different areas, different markets, um, in different places, um, and taken a risk? And now all the way uh, across country in Utah, you know, why did you do that? And why do you do what you do? I think at the beginning, it was seeing that others believed in me. You know, I think we always want someone to have our back or to push us in the right direction. And then along the way, I started to also realize that I was believing in myself and I wanted to do more and I knew that I could do more, but I did not want to put myself in a bubble. I know that sometimes in athletics, you have to move to crazy places like, you know, Flagstaff, Arizona or Salt Lake City, Utah. But the opportunities were there for me to be able to achieve my dreams. And I do it simply because I love athletics. You know, at the end of the day, it's my passion. I think the bonds between, you know, your teammates, you know, me being a former student athlete, having that, knowing what that means, seeing the smile on someone's face, you know, the underdog or a game winning shot or, you know, the game-winning goal, you know, those things and seeing how much that means to other people and shoes that I was once in and to continue to be able to tell their stories. I think that's what makes my job so great. You know, I have been able to, of course, there are perks, you know, occasionally, you know, in this business, you know, and I have been able to, I don't want to go too far depending on what your questions are, but, you know, I've been to Alaska, you know, I've been to Cancun, you know, I've been to Costa Rica, I've been to all these different places where I'm telling the stories of student athletes and to see, you know, those people who have never been out of the country, who've never been on a plane and to know that athletics is giving them those opportunities on and off the track, on and off the field or court. That is why I continue to do it because we know that athletics, you know, it just brings people together. And I think that me having that student athlete background kind of gives me just that little extra oomph to want to continue to tell the story of so many other student athletes right now. No question, athletics uh, opens up opportunities for a lot of people. Uh, it's definitely a gateway uh, to opportunity, especially collegiate athletics and definitely, a, in my opinion, an essential part of higher education. Um, 
but with with that said, um, you are uh, a black woman in what is a male dominated field. Uh, you mentioned that you are the first black woman to uh, hold your particular position at the Big Sky Conference. In the history of the Big Sky, you're the first black woman to be Assistant Commissioner for Communications External Affairs. So my question is, number one, how do you spark interest amongst women and black women um, in this field? And then once you spark the interest, how do you inspire these women to persist in the field and to ascend and move on and and become uh, an assistant commissioner, become an assistant athletic director, heck, become an athletic director, become a commissioner, um, which which has happened uh, uh, at the FCS level. A number a number of women commissioners um, at the FCS level, uh, unfortunately, still trying to break through to that FBS level or one of the Power Five leagues, but. Um, you in particular, what kind of advice do you have? How, again, how do we generate interest in the field amongst that demographic? And then how do we inspire those people to persist? Because, um, you know, it may not be easy for them. Uh, there aren't many people like them in the field and maybe that's a bit of a deterrent. How do we get them to look past that? Um, Absolutely. So I think the first thing is that you know, you have to ask questions, right? But I also think that as athletic administrators at a conference or a school, we have to let our students, our general student body, you know, and our student athletes know the opportunities available, you know, within athletics. If it wasn't for Mr. Langford, I wouldn't have really known the different jobs. Yes, I went in there and I knew what sports information was and what they did in athletic communications, but I was also to see the other opportunities of what other people were doing. You know, so I think a lot of times people don't know, hey, are you really good in math? You know, which you could be a business manager. You know, are you really good in rules and regulations? Maybe there's a compliance opportunity. So I think it's first, it's a matter of us who are in these current positions to educate and to bring that knowledge out to those who are up and coming, who are in undergrad, to know that, hey, there's tremendous possibilities in athletics, and here are some of the things you can do. You know, the next is, you know, sometimes you have to have just those one-off conversations with people and seeing, gauging their interests. And then, you know, we have to network our own business in order to continue to bring people into it. And I think that is one of the most important things. So whether it's, you know, on your on a campus and it's, you know, an orientation for all student athletes, you know, whether it's, you know, your freshmen are coming in for their headshots and you're asking them what their major is and what their career goals are. I think it's continuing that conversation. So it's not just asking them once, but it's throughout their freshman, sophomore, junior years, you know, asking them would they be interested in something, giving them information. Because a lot of times they're not going to always ask you. So you have to find ways to give that information out. And then after that, it's a matter of just telling them, hey, how about you just come into my office and intern? And people are like, oh, intern. Oh, my goodness. Like, you know, that word just scares them. But the thing is, I start low. I say, if you come to my office two hours a week, that's all I'm asking. No one's going to ask you how many days or how many hours in which you intern. All they're going to see on your resume is that you intern. That means that you took time out of your schedule, especially student athletes, you know, where I know that you were busy. And that means that you wanted to learn bad enough 
that you went in there to gain that experience. And I think that that is what I try to tell so many people right now. Just volunteer, just intern, whether it's one, two, three, five hours a week. Ralph, I know you can use help. I can use help. We all can use it. <laughs> you know? I can use a lot of different types of help, but uh, we won't go into that uh, right now. Um. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so I think that it is a matter of spreading the word, but I also say gain as much experience as possible, you know you and I were talking a little bit off camera and we were talking about videoing and graphic designs and things like that. You know, I actually started graphic design when I was a sophomore in high school. I had no idea that I'd be using it now, you know, so it, whether it's an elective or something fun, you know, it's one of those where, Hey, go ahead, gain that experience. But I do think that for me in my role, it is very important to get the word out there. I'm a part of black college sports information directors of America. I'm actually the chair of it. So it is my job, you know, I have taken on that full responsibility to not only get assistant directors, you know, up into those roles, to get those that are maybe at lower schools or that maybe won't be as well as known. Hey, this is my path. This is such and such as path. They're not the same. But if our end goal is to make a difference, to bridge the gap and to gain more minorities, more females into these roles, then this is what we have to do. And I think from there, your passion can ring out. So for me, you know, I have tried to be a mentor to so many women in this business. And it's not even that I know you or that you're a part of my conference. For me, it's just being open. And honestly, it's being personable. You know, as more open and personable I can be, the more you are willing to come and spark a conversation with me and ask me questions. I say, you know, for anyone that's watching, for anyone who's interested, whether you're up and coming entry level, you're still in school, I am here and I'm willing to listen. I've had so many conversations with young professionals in this business, whether it's been academics or communications that just want to know. And I am here to tell you all that I know. I don't know it all, but I do know a lot. And at the end of the day, I want you to succeed. You know, this is not a Denise against Ralph or Denise against Mike or whoever I have you. This is for all of us to come up together and to now make it so that I don't have to count on my fingers how many African-American women there are in sports information. I can tell you right now, there's not many, maybe 30. And I think 30 is stretching, which is a far stretch knowing that there's over 300 division one institutions, you know? So when I throw facts out like there, that is where, what keeps me going. I don't want to have to rely on numbers anymore. I want there to be so many that that 2% becomes 12 and 20 and 30. And that's what I'm here to do. You know, as a former student athlete, someone who's been in this business for quite some time, my passion just continues to ring through. Yeah, I can hear the passion in your voice now. And I, I remember a few years ago, I don't remember the exact year, but uh, it was at the NACTA and Affiliates Week convention. And uh, Dr. Harry Edwards, uh, a world-renowned sociologist, I believe he's based in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, but Dr. Harry Edwards was uh, putting on a seminar that day. I happened to attend and I remember you had an exchange with him and you were at the microphone and I just, I don't remember exactly what, what it was about, but I just remember the passion in your voice, um, you know, on this topic. So uh, to me, it's admirable. And I think you're someone who uh, backs up 
your talk. You know, you walk the talk. Uh, you you say something, and then you try to help it and try to change it and try to um, you know make a difference in 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 this area. Um, so the the passion definitely is evident, and I can appreciate that as a fellow. You know. In New Jersey, we th- that's how we talk. You know, that's how we talk to me. It's not, you know, other people would say, oh, you're really, really passionate. But I get it. You know, that's the Jersey in you. So yeah. and I believe me, I appreciate that. <laughs> so I guess getting back to New Jersey, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, you mentioned, obviously, David Langford, your connection with the Sports Information Office, uh, Student Athlete Advisory Committee, also known as SAC. Uh, I believe you served on the FDU SAC and you were also vice president uh, for a year. I was. What can you recount about that experience and maybe what type of benefits uh, did SAC have on your college experience and also um, the importance of SAC in today's world and what SAC can do for current student athletes and uh, in, 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 in a world where there are a number of challenges? Absolutely. So I was a part of SAC all four years. And originally it was, unfortunately, at the same time, how people are like, no one really wants to volunteer their extra time. I don't really want to go to this meeting on Sunday nights. And one of my upperclassmen, you know, had kind of dragged me over. And I was like, this is actually pretty cool. You know, I have no problem giving my time learning. And for me, you know, I thought that it was a way for me to meet other student athletes, right? We are so busy sometimes in our time, but we were all coming together for one goal, right? Which was community service to bridge the gap and to do as many things as possible for others beyond us, because we know that we are fortunate enough to be in school and to play sports, but there's so many more things that we could do beyond that. So I think for me, that was one of the benefits of SAC, being able to give back. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember so far back, but, you know, I remember during the holiday time, you know, we were always doing a toy drive. And, you know, for us, that was something big. And I think especially back then where social media was almost non-existent, you know, nowhere is where it is today. So it was a lot of hands-on things that we had to do. And that's kind of a good thing. You know, it kind yeah. of forced you to work with each other, to work with different people, to be able to get the word out, whether it was a toy drive or a canned food drive and things like that. And, you know, I was kind of a rebel, you know, in, in a sense when it came to doing things and making people want to see student athletes in a positive light, you know? Um, and so for me, that is kind of why I wanted to do the vice president, you know, and put myself up for the running for that my senior year, because I thought that, you know what, I have enough passion. Um, I have enough time, right, to commit myself to something like this. And I see the bigger goal of what we are trying to do as a, as a group. Uh, so for me, being a part of SAC was definitely one of my most memorable times um, because it allowed me to step away from the hustle and bustle of the academic side, of the competing side, and really just kind of you know, say, let, let your hair down and brainstorm and focus on what we can do for others. And I love how that is one of SAC's you know, primary goals of doing things for others and working beyond, you know? Um, so for me, that was important when it comes to how SAC has grown. Ooh, I think that they inspire me. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. 
Um, I enjoy seeing all of what SAC is doing, especially Division One SAC right now, right currently, you know, with the proposal that's going out, you know, for election day and all of these things of what they are trying to do. I think that they are using their voice in a positive way and trying to hopefully make sure that they are heard. You know, so for me, from a conference perspective, since I've gotten here, I've tried my best to engage them on so many different things, whether it's the NCAA social um, campaign for diversity and inclusion that occurs in October, you know, making sure that not only the student athletes on our campus are getting involved in that, but getting our staff and our coaches and administrators to also participate in that. I think that it's great for student athletes to want to do that, but I also think that it's even better for them to see the people that they are looking up to every day to also support those causes and to understand all of what's going on. So I think between Twitter and YouTube and all these different things that student athletes have at the realm, you know, I think that it is just amazing for them to still continue to be able to express their voice while also giving back. Um, and I think that that is the biggest thing for SAC right now. Yeah, obviously there are a lot of service components to being on SAC. Um, and of course there's the camaraderie with your fellow SAC members. And um, there's a lot that the SAC does and a lot of benefits to it. But in my opinion, if you wanna boil it down, the main component is it's a student athlete voice. It's a voice for uh, the student athlete body. Um, and they can speak up on issues that affect their day-to-day -day lives and bring those to the forefront and administrators can attempt to address them and uh, seize those opportunities there. Also, I have to say, you know, not to take the conversation off sack, but you brought me back there for a second. I got nostalgic and don't get me wrong, I love social media. It is an incredible tool. It allows us to communicate instantly, to get our messages out, to um, uh, assemble people quickly. And, and like I said, the instant information uh, is great. It has its downside as well. Um, but with that said, you were talking about before social media, when you had to have the face-to-face -face interaction and you had to kind of awkwardly approach somebody else in the student center or, you know, maybe sit down at a table in the dining hall that you wouldn't normally sit at. Or my favorite was you couldn't just tweet something uh, or post a nice graphic on Instagram. You had to make the table tents that they put into the, uh, the paper table tents that they put in the middle uh, in, in the dining hall. So, but just, uh, it's kind of crazy. I'm obviously not trying to blow your age up here, but I graduated two years before you. So we're kind of, we've kind of seen the same things and it is wild how it's all transpired uh, just over the last 10 years alone. So, but I gotta say, you kind of brought me back there. I had like this image of, of a, a, a cardboard table tent with like, come to the volleyball match tonight at 7 p.m., you know, um, the good old days, I guess, but. Uh, oh, uh, I mean, right, when we were in school, you know, Facebook, you still have to be in college and have a college email. Dot edu email address, yes, yes, I remember yeah. that. Might as well, we might as well go ahead and, you know, say it there, you know, when I was in school, we did a lot of the Provost challenges. And, you know, for us, the Provost challenges, the track and field team 
was coming together and cheering on other teams. And we were killing it. We had dances, we had cheers, we were selling concessions. The track and field team, we did it all. And people were kind of jealous of us. And I was like, I mean, we're track and field athletes. We're, you know, we have personalities. And the thing is, you can do what we're doing too, except the difference is we're doing it better. I don't know what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Other than the exposure to college athletics and the business side and the opportunity to work in sports information. Other than that, uh, because obviously that stems from being a student athlete. What other benefits did you derive from being a student athlete? Um, how else did being a student athlete help you in life or help you in your career? Well, I mean, I think that being a student athlete is honestly always, you know, in the back of my mind in everything that I do. You know, it has come along with me for every job that I have applied for. I make it known that I was a former student athlete. I make it known that I was a former SAC member. And I think that it just gives me an inside look for what my experiences were, no matter how long ago they may have been. And because I've been able to continue to work in the business, I've also seen how that experience has changed for student athletes and not changed extremely because I think the X's and O's are absolutely still the same. But I think for, you know, when it comes to teamwork um, and work ethic and being able to understand the landscape of how athletics works, I think that me being a student athlete makes me want to learn, being one makes me want to learn more. And I think for that, that has helped me to always want to know, hey, what does compliance really do? You know, what is an SWA? You know, hey, what does an athletic director do in their other time? And I think that is important because it always goes back to someone helped me. You know, when I was a student athlete and I was in school, someone saw something in me and they wanted me to be able to pursue my dreams and to come into the business. So I want to make sure that I am absorbing all of that information and being able to pass it on to others. So at a conference office, I think that is actually one of the benefits. We are a little bit removed, right, from the campuses. And, you know, sometimes people have not been on a campus at all. So for me, I think, you know, I have been a former student athlete. I was a member of SAC. I was on a campus for over 10 years. And now taking all of those experiences and bringing them to the conference level, I think that I provide a unique perspective. You know, I'm always saying, well, as a student athlete, you know, it might be this, you know, while working on a campus, I experienced this. And now also here at the Big Sky Conference, I am the sport administrator for track and field. Now that also gives me another derivative of, hey, I might know, you know, because that's just this word I'm familiar with the most, some of the ins and outs, right? From when I was a student athlete, understanding, hey, where that board is supposed to be, that tape, you know, where that line is. And those are things that being a student athlete, I know, being a former student athlete, I know, and just gives me that little bit of extra knowledge at times to be able to help shape my craft a little better as time keeps going, just with unique circumstances. You know, I don't want people to think that, you know, you have to be a former student athlete to succeed or to know those things, but I think that it has given me a different outlook in how I see things and how I'm able to just dissect them maybe a little differently in my position. All right, we'll wind it down with two more questions. Of course, this is our I Was an NEC Athlete 40th Anniversary Series. We're kicking it off with Denise Thompson, FDU alumna, currently the assistant commissioner 
at the Big Sky Conference out in Utah. Denise, first final question here. Um, just share some, I mean, you really have given us a lot from your time at FDU, but just share with us one or two more of your fondest memories uh, from your college days. Ooh, I'm not sure Coach Lee, who is still there at FDU, would yeah. appreciate me telling any you know, <laughs> of the crazy <laughs> stories that I definitely have you know, <laughs> for me. Um, but I think one of them um, was when I, I don't remember what year, sorry. You know, I was a student athlete, but at the time I was a fan. And our men's basketball team, you know, had clinched the NEC's bid to go to the men's NCAA Final Four Championship the tournament. And, you know, for me, that was like, holy cow, this is great. The Rothman Center erupted. You know, we all crashed the courts. It was remarkable. And to go into just not too long ago, where I'm still following FTU men's basketball, and here they are winning that playing game, you know, congrats to the NEC on being able to do that. And bringing right your past and your future together. I'm a timeout coordinator for the NCAA men's tournament. And my site was Salt Lake City. And the FDU men got sent to Salt Lake City. To play so Gonzaga, right? That, yeah, it was and just crazy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I say that my Kathy Liggett, the athletic trainer at the time, oh, my goodness, she was there. Jen Quirk, my, um, you know, advisor at the time, still there. You know, I got to met, meet your commissioner. I mean, it was literally like I was back in 03 to 07 at FDU. And all of these people, we also look the same, you know, and it yep. was just knowing that in athletics, those memories can just tie in so much. Of course, Kathy Leggett was actually the interim AD uh, for that short period of time that you mentioned. And now um, the new AD, Brad Hurlbut, is there. But of course, Kathy is still part of the administration. Um, so it's funny that... Uh, that's where FDU winds up going. You're the TOC. That is kind of wild. Uh, and then I know you mentioned the team you were referring to when you were in school. That was the team that played Illinois um, in the yes. first round. And Illinois had, I think, they had three NBA players, D. Brown. And uh, and FDU, I think it was a one-point game at halftime. FDU lost by about 10 or 12. But they were kind of talking trash after the game because – Illinois was the number one national seed uh, in the tournament. And here's, you know, FDU from Teaneck, New Jersey, you know, hey, uh, they're more than hanging with them. So, um, wow. So, so definitely some cool memories. So now to wrap it all up, this is our 40th anniversary. When, if I'm still here, when it's the 50th anniversary and we call you back, Denise Thompson, you're going to do our I Was an NEC Athlete 50th Anniversary Edition. Where do you see yourself uh, in 10 years? What do you see yourself doing um, when we're celebrating our 50th? You know, I really just hope that I'm still out here making a difference. And I know that that seems so generic, but I also understand my role. You know, we've talked so much today about being you know, there's not a lot of African-American females in this business, not a lot of females in general in this business. And I want to continue to be working in athletics and making a difference, whether that is me moving up to a commissioner role, you know, or seeking more of an external position. You know, I just still want to make a difference 
and to know that we're bridging the gap, networking, bringing it all, and just doing all that we can. You know, we didn't really touch on um, that I'm a, currently an at-large representative on the COSIDA executive board. And for me, that is huge. I'm not only working with other people from division one, but two, three in AI Canada, and then also working with the, um, the COSIDA staff. And now that has allowed me to go outside the box, whether it's something on a diversity inclusion initiative or a goodwill and wellness, another you know committee that I'm a part of. For me, I want to be able to do as much for the athletics communications profession as possible because at times I do think that it is underrated. Um, and you know, we wear many hats, multitasking. And I think that the more that I can continue to show how great of a field this is and to continue to get people to want to get in it and say, hey, there's longevity, but there's perks and there's relationships and networks and friendships that will last a lifetime. And the, the experiences and the positives and everything else, those will come along the way. So doing whatever I can do in 10 years to know that those people are still shining, this profession is still shining, you know, that is my goal. Uh, and as far as COSIDA goes, Denise, uh, I apologize. I'm a little delinquent with my dues. Um, <laughs> I'll make sure I get that in uh, because it is an important organization yes. um, to support. And it's great to see someone with your passion in a leadership role uh, in that organization and knowing that you're representing us. Myself, I fall into that group too of uh, college athletic uh, communicators. So with that said, Denise, I appreciate your time. Um, if this was our weekly football show, you would be in my stock rising segment. Um, your stock is definitely on the way up and uh, proud to say that it started here in New Jersey and here in the Northeast Conference. And I know you're true to those roots. And uh, I know that they've inspired you to go on and do great things and uh, continued success to you. Thank you very much for your time. Denise Thompson, Fairleigh Dickinson University, currently the Assistant Commissioner at the Big Sky Conference. This is I Was an NEC Athlete, 40th Anniversary Edition. Thanks for listening, folks. Thank you. Hey, everyone, look at this 0607 magnet that still stays on my refrigerator till this day. And just for you, Ralph, breaking up one of my NEC medals. Look at that. The thing still shines. <laughs> yes, you know, it the does. gold shines through. How about that nostalgia, right? That, I mean, those are, Lord only knows what you could get for those on eBay. I mean, that's that those are collector's items right there. Pretty cool. No, pretty cool. Um, thank you for sharing those, Denise. Thank you for sharing um, your story with us here. Um, we will catch up with you hopefully down the road sometime. And as far as reconnecting with other NEC alumni, we'll be doing that all year long. It's our 40th anniversary celebration. Absolutely. Go Knights.